0: Welcome to From All Corners. I'm your host, Maria. And I'm Valerie, your co-producer. And we're so happy to have you here. So Valerie, this episode is on Kazakhstan, and I know that you were very, very excited <laughs> Um, to learn more about this country. Could you tell us a little bit more about why?
1: Yeah, I know you had to be patient with with me and my excitement. Um, I think it was because i never met anybody from Kazakhstan before. I couldn't have told you where exactly it was on the map. I I tried to spell it a few times and I actually got it wrong (laughs) the the first few times. Um, And so for me, I was just so thrilled to hear that we had a resident from Kazakhstan and wanted to just hear what it was like to be born and raised in a country that seemed so mysterious to me. And I went around iHouse and started asking residents what they knew about Kazakhstan. And a lot of people had similar reactions to me in terms of they didn't really know very much, except maybe that they had seen the movie Borat. And and when I asked them, you know, if they were it would be interested in learning more, there was a lot of enthusiasm around it. So I think this episode uh, will will really be a fascinating one for us to learn a little bit more about a place that is so mysterious.
0: Yeah no I'm really excited too. I think the first time I learned about Kazakhstan was when I was on a potential like college admissions tour Mm. and I befriended this girl who told me she lived both in Kazakhstan and New York and I knew nothing about Kazakhstan. It was just like where is it? What is it like? And she just told me basically it was from like Central Asia And super beautiful. But that was about it. And then learning more about the Cold War and the Soviet Union and sort of their relationship and history with Central Asia, I was even more interested.
1: Yeah, so I think people will be excited to learn a little bit more as we delve into this episode.
0: Yes. So our guest for this episode is Jigger Kyratule. Why are you so excited to have him here on specifically?
1: Yeah, I got to spend some time getting to know Jigger as we were exploring this idea of featuring Kazakhstan on the podcast and you know he like his country he found to be very mysterious and intriguing too. Uh but what struck me in particular about Jigger is his relationship with his dad uh his dad has as you'll you all will hear on the podcast has come from pretty challenging and humble beginnings um and the lessons that he has imparted on jigger i think has really shaped who jigger is but but when i speak with jigger i get this sense that he really respects and really loves his dad and his mission in life is to be like his dad uh, in terms of his goals and in terms of his values and and hopes and dreams, so I think that was what uh, compels me the most about Jigger.
0: Yeah, well, I'm so excited for all of you to hear his story coming up. Hi, Jigger. Hi. So could you tell us a little bit more about Kazakhstan? I personally don't know that much
2: i would share that it's obviously located in central asia and uh southern from russia and the uh, northwest from china it was like part of the silk road it was part of the genghis hans uh, empire yes. and it was part of the soviet union kazakhstan is the largest landlocked country mm. uh, in the world we have Australia, like very interesting culture uh interesting like favorite dishes so for example dish we we love horse meat oh, we yeah we we like horse meat is like the most expensive meat in kazakhstan while in other places in europe or somewhere else it's uh, horse meat is very cheap so like when i talk to my friends they they sometimes they're like oh how how it can be like so cool so expensive in kazakhstan or how it can be like so be a part of national dish
0: could you tell us a little bit more about your family history and specifically how it relates to Kazakhstan?
2: Okay, uh, I'll I'll let me start with uh, from with Soviet Union. After eighteen nineties, we became part of the uh, Soviet Union, and we had nothing before. Like before Soviet Union, we had just only lands. So Kazakh people were mostly nomadic, so they were like living one, one place to another place, uh, owning cattle. So, my gr- grandparents, uh, they were living at the, when the Soviet Union was, uh, ruling over the Kazakhstan. Uh, my grandparents was like, they were cattle herders. They, they owned a lot of cattle. Um, uh, but because it was illegal to have like too much wells at those times, uh, Soviet Union took off the, his cattle, my granddad's cattle. They redistributed Toward, like uh, among other people or they used it uh, for their own like government or army you know this factor and also like not having a good medicine in hospitals uh, at those times really affected like uh, my father i uh, lost his uh, father so my grandfather uh, when he was five and my grandmother when he was three which happened like around 1970s was
0: it was your dad like the only child or like how did this affect his family overall?
2: My father had a lot of a lot of siblings, so the oldest brother took care of the all of the siblings, looking after them, you know, like earning money for them to food to live. But my father was more ambitious. He started to work when he was eleven or twelve, and he started to like make his own like way up when he was a child, and uh, when he was fifteen. He understood that there is no reason to live in village, and he without like without asking his uh, older brother, he went to the bigger city, which is called semi and he he started to work in different places, you know, like uh, in construction sites. He got the understanding how it works there. He got his older brother to the city. They were working in different uh, thing, different places. His brother was working and at uh, like cookie factory and my father would like used to only he they had only like cookies to eat, so they had like limited res- resources their lunch and dinner was only like water and cookies so because because all they had and cookies was free <laughs> like they were free from the factory um so i remember my father also told me the story that he was like he was living in dormitory and like sometimes he would like cleaning uh like somebody's rooms so they could like give him food uh that's like I think yeah they they were like they were doing everything else to yeah to make money, and after that, I think my father started to make some entrepreneurial things like start to resell things on the market and make more money, which was literally illegal uh during the Soviet Union. He even told me that he got caught by police when he was like reselling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like buying a lot of what and reselling it. He he got caught by police. He got beaten up with from police, but it didn't stop him. Never like it didn't stop him. And then it's it's just evolved, you know. Like he started to like. I remember he was like reselling leather from the animals. So we had like a lot of animals. So we had a lot of leather. He was like start reselling. I remember when I was a child, I got into like. Uh, I went to one of our warehouses. And like it's full of leathers. I was like jumping around on the leathers, <laughs> and yeah, it, he was like always finding opportunities depending on the market, depending on the demand, depending on the supply.
0: How did your father's upbringing affect yours?
2: He taught me a lot of skills. He was more tough towards me. I remember like thinking, oh, he's so tough? Why other my friends like fathers are not like?" make their children do this kind of thing had to walk for my for my school every day and uh, morning when it was like even winter when it was like minus 30 minus like 35 while my the driver took my sister from the house and like uh, get her to the school so it was my father made to do that because i think he wanted he wanted to build a strong character uh it's the same the same thing he used it to he sent me to their like wrestling wrestling um like wrestling classes yeah to also be strong because in Kazakhstan at that time at that time people used to like fight a lot if there was like disagreement between like two men you have to like show the strength so so I had to also work a lot I had to like uh, I had to be like disciplined how Uh,
0: old were you when you started working I know like
2: 10 maybe mostly it was Loading, unloading trucks, uh, cleaning the fish. So we had like fish farm, and my father was reselling the fish from Kazakhstan to Germany. I was like cleaning the fish with a brush. I think that was like one of the worst experiences for me. Like, but I mean, worst experience in a in a way that I would not do that. If, I I don't want to do that again. But at that time, it was like very like I got like I built very good relationship with employees. And when I started to do that, I was like wondering like what other children don't do that. They were like always, you know, like whenever I I ask my friends, they're like always playing games, you know, like being a child and like, I don't know, riding a bicycle. And most of the time I was busy. I was like, I remember I tried so many ventures.
0: Could you tell us a little bit more about your several business ventures? Like what exactly were you doing?
2: I remember I tried like when I was 18, or I tried to open a pizza shop. I tried to open like a donut shop, but uh, obviously, I failed, uh, but I learned a lot. Um, so when I opened the donut shop, I, like I assumed that like Kazakh people should like should also have donuts. So I'm like I called up my friends. I remember we started like I went to like legal place. I was, like I registered the company to my to my name. Uh, I got like I got money like from my friends. I rented out the place. Uh, I hired the people like with my friends. Obviously, not only me. And we just, I just assumed that it's going to work out, but...
0: <laughs> so how did you know how to make donuts in the first place? <laughs>
2: I didn't know anything else, but, like, I heard the people from bakeries, like, from past experience, I remember having, like, interviewing them, you know, like, imagine 17 years old, or 17 years old, and, like, interviewing them, interviewing them in the hotel. I, I interviewed, like, I think me and my friend, we interviewed, like, 20 people then like okay one one guy was like very good he, like I looked at, I looked to his eyes and he was like very good as a character like he was like he was like you know like he speak he was speaking very well with me and like I, I looked up his experience he was like he was very good experience I didn't I didn't have any anything I didn't do anything else how to create a donut shop but like or how to make even donuts but we somehow taught him you know like we taught him like in a way that
0: did you look up online? Online receipts, yeah, yeah.
2: Online, and uh, we were like always like iterating the product. I remember like going there like at seven a.m. and I'm, like, hey, how's Donuts today? You know, like trying it every day. <laughs> that was funny. But then
1: I had to fire him because Donuts <laughs> was not so good <laughs> to sell on the market. I thought it's his like
2: it's the, it's his mistake, and I fired him. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> that was funny place, <laughs> <So> funny time.
0: <laughs> so you said that was it was quite common for guys to fight to assert their physical dominance. Mm-hmm. Is that still the case today, or?
2: Um, it's less case today, but uh, I think it's uh, basically because nine like because of the Soviet Union, and uh, at those times, like people understood that police was ineffective. If you have a like, for example, you have your rights. Policy is ineffective. They can't help you. And the other person is, like, trying to dominate your, like, you know, like, your rights. What do you have to do? You have to fight. Because policy is ineffective. A lot of people at that time, I think, everyone, all of them were, like, doing some kind of uh, martial arts.
0: So why was your sister treated differently than you?
2: Because uh, it's uh, it was that philosophy that, or I think it's not even that. it's, like, common philosophy in, like, Kazakhstan that uh, the oldest son uh would take care of their dad like parents' business will take care of their parents would take care of their like sister, so they have to be the strongest in the family to be able to look after every one of them
0: going back to your grandparents were they nomadic at that time
2: yeah they they were nomadic so they were like nomadic means that uh, in Kazakhstan they used to change their place. Regarding, uh, for example, like if there is a summer, they they go to the they go to the like they go north, and if there is this like if there is a winter, they go south because it's like more warm in south. So they 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 even like called like they had like several, several places where they always like going and they called this place like winter place and summer place.
0: So what does it mean to live both north and south? Like, where do they have like homes? Were they, live, were they camping? like what was it like?
2: they used to live in the camps, so like yurts, mm-hmm. small yurts yeah, a lot of Namas used to live in the yurts, but after that, I think like they had two houses, you know, like one house in the south and one house in the north. so
0: I've read a little bit about Kazakhstan and read quite a bit about the importance of clans. Are you or your family part of a clan
2: uh yeah, so in Kazakhstan, we have like so many uh clans. Being a part of clan was more serious and like more important to represent the clan when I was like the 4th Soviet Union. Uh, like our clan like called Naimans. so they, they, they were like uh, fighting against the Genghis Khan at, at the time when it was Genghis Khan. Then they fought with Genghis Khan, the like, all over the lands, you know, like around the Central Asia and like, you know, uh, and uh, Russia, India, China. After that, a lot of clans they settled around Central Asia. So every Kazakh, so every Kazakh has their own clan. But now it's not important. Now it's like it's not so important. But my clan is like is perceived as like more most entrepreneurial clan or most like you know like most uh, like they they always like sell stuff. They always like resell stuff. They always like make something else and they perceived as, a, yeah, as, a, like, best trade, trade people in Kazakhstan. Yeah,
0: that's very, I think, relevant that it relates both to the entrepreneurial nature of both you and your clan, even if clans aren't as relevant as they were in the past. Do you feel like there's at all a generational divide or, like, difference of opinion regarding Russia, the Soviet Union, and that history? Uh,
2: yeah, sure. Like, Soviet Union people used to, like, they're very tough. They're very, very tough, uh, because they went through the tough times at that time. And then we have, like, generation, like, after me, they're, like, they're very fragile. They're, like, very different. They're, like, uh, it's how they speak, how they behave in, like, in a social, like, uh, in society is very different. Looking to my, like, little brothers or, like, younger, very young generation, I could say that they are, like, they're more... They're more westernized. They're very westernized. They don't and they don't even know what's the like what's the Soviet Union and what's the what's the being of the part of the Soviet Union. I asked like people from Soviet Union, they, they had like literally they had no like imagine they had no uh chocolates. Like they was like they had like when they got the chocolate they were like oh so so happy. A lot of like they had they had not a lot of products. That's why a lot of people uh, wanted to get out of the Soviet Union and get the independence of the Kazakhstan and we finally like, like people were uh, we had a lot of uh, a lot of like people protesting against it uh, in a big city like in uh, Almaty a lot of people got killed actually a lot of uh, Protesters got killed by the Soviet Union at that time, but we finally got got our independence so we have like a lot of people that hate russia or they hate the soviet union they hate the like the government that used to kill the people or do whatever they want but there are also like some people very old people like you call you guys call like boomers yeah like they're very old people they stuck with the soviet union mindset they want to be like they want to be taken care of most of those people are like they want to like i think the most of those people they want to be like to live good life working less and they still want to go back or like they still want to like live in Soviet Union while new generation, they don't, they hate Soviet Union. They don't want to be part of even Russia. They they are more like they want to be more modernized uh, with the U.S. or Europe.
0: I'm just curious, is there still a lot of Soviet influence in Kazakhstan? Like is the Russian language still very prevalent?
2: In Kazakhstan, we have uh, that a lot of people, they live in cities and they want to speak Russian and Russian is like, it sounded more cool, like, than Kazakh. So uh, even like we have like, we laugh at the people who can't speak Russian. And we don't laugh at the, or those people who can't speak Kazakh. So that's a cultural problem. And it's, it's a very cultural problem. It's, it's stated and mentioned with a lot of like politicians. And I don't know, It's it's very hard to solve it because... You go like even the, if you watched movies, uh, <laughs> you go to cinema, and cinema is like the movies in Russian in Russian language. Movies in, are not in Kazakh, or like the books in Russian Russian language. You can't find a good book like you can't find, for example, Steve Jobs biography in Kazakh language. So what else you have to do? You have to adapt. You have to adapt for the knowledge, and you learn the Russian.
0: What are some things that you'd want people to know about Kazakh culture? I think
2: things like that we have very a good, very good human relationship in Kazakhstan. Like my friends, uh, like friendship. It's not only friendship, it's more brotherhood. So for example, if in U.S. everybody's open, like everybody's open, but they have too many friends.
0: More surface level. And surface level. Yeah.
2: While in Kazakhstan, when we're we like... We're not good at making friends. We're like, no, we don't, I don't want to be friends with you. Like, but if we become friends, we are like, you know, like we are, we will take care of friends for like, for everything else. Like almost, for example, I remember once, once I got into a car accident and I didn't have money. Uh, like I didn't have money, but I don't wanted to ask my parents because then they will like think about, about me very bad. So I asked my brothers from my school. Now I call them brothers, like friends. In two hours, they gave me money. They gave me money, like, to fix up my car. And they didn't even ask the money back. Or it's not only related to money. Sometimes in Kazakhstan, it's uh, common to get into fights. I didn't get into fights. uh, But I remember, like, for example, one of my friends, they got into fight, And we have to go and, like, you know, like, we have to talk to our friend. We have to, like... Support our friend in every place so this culture I love it very like it's like it's the not I think it's the most precious thing that we have in Kazakh culture
0: well thank you so much jigger it's been great having you here
2: yeah, thank you for having me here uh, thank you for i house
0: mm-hmm. Thank you to our program coordinator, Alicia Lopez, for editing, and iHouse resident, Pierre-Louis Blossier, for the music. And thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in. You've been listening to From All Corners.